Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. Howdy, y'all. You've made it back to another episode of Basically Famous. We are so glad you're here. Be sure to like and subscribe to the podcast and follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Basically Famous Podcast. Now, here's your host, Tyler. Hey friends and welcome back to another episode of Basically Famous. We are very excited today to be joined by McKenna Bush and I met McKenna in college through Farm Bureau and then we've stayed in touch through social media and see each other at Farm Bureau things still and it's been fun to follow her and so start off by telling our listeners a little bit about yourself. Well, thank you so much for having me on Tyler. Um, Yeah, I was reflecting back on when we first met and it I think it was discussion meet, um, collegiate discussion meet, um, I think my junior year of college. So it's been quite a while because now those days are getting further and further behind me, it seems. But um, yeah, so as you said, my name is McKenna Bush. Um, I am a Texas A&M graduate um, for both my undergrad and my master's degree. So I did my undergrad in ag leadership and ag um, communications and journalism. And then I did my master's in the same department in ag leadership, education, and communications, focused a little bit more on the education side that go around um, with instructional design and e-learning certificates. So that's a little bit about my educational background um, in terms of kind of other involvement in agriculture, definitely highly involved in FFA um, throughout high school, which kind of determined my trajectory, if you will. Um, If you had to talk to me in like eighth grade, I would have said that I was going to be a pediatric surgeon. Um, and that FFA definitely changed that. So kind of determined the degree paths I wanted to pursue, um, which led me now to kind of the beginning of my career, if you will, um, with Texas Farm Bureau as the Youth Outreach Coordinator. That is awesome. Well, how did you get involved in agriculture besides FFA? You know, did you grow up in agriculture? And so tell us that and kind of what sparked your interest in agriculture and this now passion you have that you live out every day. Yeah, so when I was deciding between, you know, do I pursue kind of the medical field, which is what most of my family's kind of involved in and what I grew up around a lot growing up, or do I kind of transition over to something in the ag industry? Um, what that was, I wasn't sure. Um, was, again, kind of determined by the guidance of my ag teachers and being involved in FFA. And what it came down to was being around the folks that are in the industry is what changed everything. Um, I knew that I wanted to work with people that are hardworking, passionate, kind individuals, and that's what I felt the agriculture industry is comprised of. And so I chose to pursue a career in this industry because of those people. Um, And I have everything to credit to my community in Canyon that I graduated from. Um, It's a very agriculture-centric community. Um, with lots of folks working, you know, even outside of production agriculture for um, some of the beef packers and for consolidated beef producers and places like that that um, are integral to the industry, but not 
always what you think of when you think of agriculture. Um, so I was fortunate to be um, influenced by those individuals. And that's ultimately what kind of merged me into the industry. That's awesome. And so you grew up, obviously, super close to WT. Um, and that probably influences a ton. So other people we've talked to talked about, you know, they went to Tarleton for contests and how that influenced them. So I think that's really unique. So not on the list of questions I sent you, but what is it like moving from a college town um, to College Station to a college town? I There's a huge difference in Stephenville and College Station when I moved. And so what was that like for you? Yeah, so interestingly enough, my entire life I've lived in college towns. So I was born in Abilene, um, and most of my family went to Abilene Christian University, and there's three universities in Abilene. Um, so grew up kind of around that kind of culture, a lot of young families. Um, we were on ACU's campus a lot. Um, and then when we moved up to the Panhandle to Canyon, of course, another college town with WT, um, and then moving to College Station, obviously a much larger, much different college town, um, but still it, it immediately felt like home. Um, and there was a brief stint in Lubbock too. I went to Lubbock um, or to Tech my freshman year. Um, so again, another college town with a larger university. So I was really fortunate to kind of see a lot of that atmosphere growing up. And so college wasn't something that was super intimidating to me. Um, just because I had been around campuses and kind of had a feel for what it would be like to be on a college campus one day. Um, so I was, I was really fortunate in that regard. Um, but yes, A&M is definitely a lot different than other um, college towns, even now in Waco with Baylor. Um, it's much, much different. Baylor is very much so kind of like Stephenville, where like that college area is like that is the Baylor bubble. Um, is what we affectionately call it in Waco. And you don't really see college kids, you know, outside of that bubble. They pretty much have everything they need um, close by. Whereas College Station is, if without the students, it is nothing. Um, and I really saw that because I would stay over the summers and work and things like that and come back early from winter break to work. Um, and so the town is dead without all the students there. Um, and of course, we have a huge student body. So of course, that's a contributing factor. But um, yeah, College Station is definitely different, but I would say that being in the College of Ag, um, especially in our department in Ag Leadership Education Communications, you kind of find that like smaller college feel in a sense, um, because you are still able to connect with professors on a like person to person basis. Um, you form relationships with other um, administrators and things in the department and you kind of go through all of your core classes in the degree with a group of students that you kind of start together and end together um, and then you get some intermingling here and there as well so you kind of get that like smaller college feel within your department but yeah I mean just looking overall and even on west campus I would say too um, like just the ag side of things is a lot more like family oriented if you will um than maybe main campuses and it's kind of like a whole other world over there so when you go over there it feels really big and scary but um I was fortunate to come in um once I transferred my sophomore year um knew a couple people um kind of had friend groups to integrate myself into so I was very fortunate in that regard um so it didn't feel like a big campus at all but yeah I didn't even think about you still live in a college town because now you live in yeah still <laughs> Yeah, I was thinking about that the other day. I was like, I have never lived somewhere that isn't a college town. 
So it's kind of crazy, but. Well, obviously you work in agriculture and you're also like myself where you work kind of in an office atmosphere, but for in agriculture and your job can be hard and demanding. And I know that, you know, it fluctuates in different seasons look like different things, but what motivates you each day? 100% working for a membership-based organization such as yourself. Um, I feel like you, in order to work for those types of organizations, you have to, um, you kind of have to be a part of that group in a way, or at least get energy from that group um, and what they're passionate about um, in order to be able to do the, the work that we do. So um, I am on the nonprofit side of things. That's a common misconception um, is that I'm on the insurance side of things. Um, so I work directly for the membership, directly for our board of directors um, and our executive directors. So I have the privilege of integrating programs and developing programs that serve our membership primarily, um, specifically within our youth um, of our membership. So I get excited to go to work every day because I feel like I'm contributing to something bigger than myself. Um, and I'm able to help give these kiddos skills and opportunities um, that I wish I would have had um, had I been more involved in Farm Bureau growing up um, and prepare them to kind of take those next steps into the industry, whether they are going to be kind of in production or they're going to be outside production, but still in the industry, or if they're just going to be, um, you know, kind of removed in a different industry, um, but still want to be supportive and be a part of the Farm Bureau family and things of that nature. So working for the members definitely gets me excited every day. And then our team is next to none um, in the organization division. I'm very fortunate to have um, a close knit of my kind of core coworkers that I work with on a daily basis. Um, and I'm also fortunate to have a really great team just across the board at Farm Bureau. Um, we interact with other divisions on a daily basis as well, whether that be communications or government relations or um, our information systems folks, like they all help make sure that my job gets done for sure. Um, and they're just really great people. And like I said, from the beginning, they're like, they are the agriculture industry. They are kind, good, hardworking, passionate people. And that's what I want to surround myself with. And so I'm very fortunate to be in a position where I get to do that. I would totally agree with that. I think working for a membership-based organization is so different in that every day you're working for someone else in the sense, and you're working for the best people. Our members and board of directors, you know, are salt of the earth, like just some of the best people. And I know we have members that overlap. And so I know you feel the same yeah. way. And so I love that. But what is something you wish consumers understood better? So I know you work generally with youth who already have an interest in agriculture, but across the board consumers, what is something you wish they understood? I really, I'm going to be kind of cliche. The Yellowstone episode that aired right before the holidays, uh, I thought did a really good job of kind of explaining um, the answer to the question of, I just wish people could see what these producers do day in and day out to make sure that, you know, their family's livelihood is secure, that the animals are taken care of and treated fairly, and that consumers ultimately have a good product um, on, on their table or in their home or in their vehicle, you know, whatever it may be. Um, and I would really encourage anyone that doesn't watch Yellowstone to definitely watch it. And then once you get to season five, I think it's like what episode, like seven or something. 
that just aired, um, you'll kind of see that. And it's really been illustrated through some characters that are that outside perspective of uh, kind of a negative viewpoint of conventional agriculture. And so it's been really cool to kind of see their journey um, and getting more involved on the Yellowstone Ranch and everything. And I know it's not all perfect and it doesn't um, do, you know, the most accurate job of kind of explaining the day in and day outs of running um, a cattle operation or anything like that. But I think the message is there and I really admire um, Taylor Sheridan for doing his best to kind of portray that in a light and reach so many people that probably wouldn't know otherwise. Um, and I'll use my boyfriend as an example. He um, is from Florida and his dad kind of works in the restaurant business kind of on like the food production um, side of things. And um, he, my boyfriend works kind of like in construction, but with restaurants. So like there's connections, but I mean, even he asked me questions all the time and I'm like, honestly, I just have to show you, like, I can't explain like in depth the way that it needs to be um, to fully kind of get the picture across. And so I was able to take him home to my stepdad's ranch. Um, and he has a sm small cow calf, excuse me, cow calf operation. And he does some row crop farming as well, dry land. And he was like astonished. Um, he got to feed the cows, you know, cake and everything. And so it was really cool to kind of be able to offer that perspective to someone that otherwise wouldn't um, probably have ever stepped foot on a farm. But um, I just wish ultimately that consumers could have that experience. And I know with the rise of agritourism and more and more people in the industry that are in production, realizing that folks need to see it, um, we're seeing kind of more of that integration um, with consumers, but just really that they would have an open mind and if the opportunity presents itself to um, visit a production operation and kind of see where their food and fiber comes from. Yeah, I love Yellowstone as well. And I think that, um, you know, people say it's ruining the, the Western industry because everyone now wants to be a cowboy, but I think it's showing people, you know, what we've tried to tell them for years and we talk about, you know, people want to be entertained. They don't. So it's got to be entertainment and education. And so I think Yellowstone provides some education. And we've talked before, like, you know, 16 million people watched the season five, episode one. And mm -hmm. so of those people, if only 2% of us are in production agriculture, how many people are we reaching outside of production agriculture is amazing. Absolutely. So I am all for Yellowstone. I also love the other shows, 1823 and 1923. <laughs> yes. Yeah, for sure. For sure. They're doing they're doing something that um I think the industry is needed. And while it's not perfect and you know, there's other issues that um come from it, I think it does a pretty darn good job of narrating that story and just giving kind of a broad overview of kind of what that sector of the industry looks like for sure. Yes. Well, looking back on college, which honestly wasn't that far that long ago, um, what is something you wish you would have known or something you would go back and tell yourself? So I won't lie. I had a pretty difficult time during my master's program um, and it was in the same department. So I was fortunate to be surrounded by professors and um, colleagues and um, friends that I had had that also stayed on. Uh, for their master's program after undergrad, but um, I think if I could go back, and this is something that is probably a theme throughout my life, 
I would just tell myself like not to worry so much because <laughs> um, everything will work out. Um, and it honestly got to a point where like there were days when I was like, I'm just not even going to graduate. There's no way like, you know, this, this, and this is going wrong and blah, blah, blah. Um, and so I just wish I could go back and kind of like slap myself across the face and be like, you're going to be fine. You're, you know, doing the best you can. And that's all anyone can ask for. Um, and it's going to work out. Um, I was very fortunate in my undergrad career, even though I transferred, um, to just have the best experience, both at Tech and at AM, um, to be surrounded by really great people and really great professors that, again, are those passionate, just down um, home people that are just good to be around. And so I was very thankful and fortunate to be around really great people to kind of guide me and teach me um, in those formative years of college. But yeah, just not to worry so much is really what I wish I could tell myself. I would agree. And I think, you know, people who haven't gotten a master's degree don't understand it's a completely different ballgame. And it comes with its own challenges. And I would probably have to tell myself the same thing and that nobody asked what your GPA was once you graduate. You know, I worried so much about my grades and no one, I don't, I couldn't even tell you what it was and no one asked. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah, I was, I was dead set on like having straight A's and there was one class that I was going to get like a C in and I was going to like lose my mind um, over it. And I was like, this isn't fair. Like this professors, you know, being, you know, prejudiced or whatever. Cause it was like outside of the like, college of ag and um, me and a girl from the Bush school, actually, we were the only two like outside college uh, folks. And so there were some interesting conversations that took place in that class, but um, I was like about to lose my mind over this C and it ended up working out. I got an A, but I was like losing my mind um, until the grade got, I didn't like fight it or anything, but until the grade changed, I don't know what happened, but it did. Um, I was just distraught over it. And yeah, it's a totally different ball game, especially when you throw research into it all. Um, and I even did undergraduate research in, um, in my undergrad but um, it's a totally different ball game. And I mean, props to anyone that gets a um, kind of post um, bachelor's degree, whether that's, you know, a certificate or a master's or a PhD. Like I, I used to think like, oh yeah, you know, it's just hard because you're like working and, you know, trying to go to school. No, it's hard for like 10 billion other different reasons. So major props to anyone. who goes um, for professional school or graduate school or anything like that there it's a tough tough battle (laughs) yes well to wrap up this episode we ask all of our guests if you had a billboard what would be on it and why I struggled with this question I looked at it and I was like that's a really cool question like I haven't ever seen that before and I was like, I told my mom and I like told my boyfriend, I was like, I don't know what I would put on my billboard. Like it's one billboard, a bunch of people are going to see it. So like, I would want it to be a good message. Um, and I think I ultimately decided on, and I guess it's kind of a cop-out answer. I just, I would want it to be something inspiring. Um, something that people could look at driving down the road and it, you know, brightens their day or gives them a little bit of hope um, or something like that. Um, whether that's a Ted Lasso quote or, you know, a Chip um, Gaines quote. Um, I, I couldn't ever decide what the actual billboard would be, but I would want it to be something that's inspiring and fills people with hope and puts a smile on their face. I love that. I also love Ted Lasso. 
<laughs> it's a good show. I just recently started watching it and he just says like these little snippets of like profound, like meaningfulness. And you're just like, wow, it makes you want to be a better person. So big fan. <laughs> yes. Well, thank you so much for taking some time to sit down with me today and sharing how you got involved in agriculture 